Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I am Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good evening. What's up? Not a whole lot. How you doing? Bandy. How do you feel about game shows? Uh, we're fine. Okay, we're gonna do a quick. We're just, we're gonna do a, some quick, fast, weird and feared, ominous Jeopardy. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna, of course, read you the answer. Mm-hmm. I gotta. Well, I'm gonna read. You I gotta the, give the question. I'm gonna. Yeah. Is that how Jeopardy works? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to read you the question. It's going to be normal talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man. Normal talk. I don't watch any game shows, yeah, but swerve. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, you do. Swerve. Okay. Normal talk. Okay. All right. What is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punish on someone or something? Curse? A curse. Absolutely. Nice. Yes. All right. Next All right. one. So this is a uh, one of two question game show. So if you don't get this one, you lose because it's 50%. Do I get cursed? Uh, you hmm, Maybe. Okay. All right. What is the action of inflicting hurt or harm on someone for an injury or wrong suffered at their hands? Revenge. Revenge. You win. Nice. Amazing. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. Hell yeah. So those are the two themes for this current episode. Curses and revenge. Two things that basically go hand in hand. Usually a curse is an act of revenge of some sort, or you fucking up, you know? Mm-hmm. Normally people don't be like, yeah, good job, man, here's a curse. Whoa. Doesn't usually happen. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do some time traveling. Excellent. In the future? In the past. Future curses. Future curses. Damn. Those would be impressive. No, we're going to, how far back do you think we're going? Uh, 420. Um, 420 years back to uh, well that would count I like that it's 420 but I mean we're going back thousands of years very specific oh. but I mean 420 is thousands of years ago yeah it's oh. over 2000 yeah yeah, yeah right? that's thousands of years ago yeah like, 420 AD or BC BC okay so this is thousands of years ago yeah okay well thousands of years ago there once was a king a merciless Ruthless, pitiless king. Hell, let's just go with tyrant. He was not kind to his people. Do you want to know how unkind he was? Yeah. All right. Instead of using oxen to draw his farmer's plows, the king forced those very same farmers to use themselves to farm their fields. Hmm. At least they weren't plows, I guess. True. He enjoyed their suffering. Yeah. So this is how that went down. The serfs were chained to their equipment every day, and they would pull the plows. That sucks. Yeah, that sounds like a, you know. They would do this until they could no longer perform their duties. I mean, work sucks, but like at least we're not chained literally right. to it. <laughs> right, exactly. We've come a long ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're, and of course, it admits that oxen exist. So like they could have used farm animals, but the king was like, "Now nah, you're a human. You're going to do this. Do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? Because? Because that's what kings do. Yeah. You can't it's tell good to the, be king. You can't tell the king no. Mm-hmm. People like to be kings. Some people want to be kings. I don't know. I'd be a king. It'd be so easy to, would you be a benevolent king? It'd be so easy. No. Yeah. I'm say, <laughs> it'd be so easy to abuse that power. Yeah. And, you know, the kings would be dicks, but then like, they'd be nice to one guy and they'd be like, I'm a good person. No. Right. Yeah. You, you just felt special that day. Yeah. Yeah. So again, the serfs were chained to their equipment every day. And if they could no longer perform their duties, if say they succumbed to the torture and happened to collapse, you know, after a hard day's slaving for the king. What would the king do to them? Any ideas? Any guesses? Probably nothing good. He would send out the hounds. Oh. And they would just devour them. Hmm. I mean, he must think people grow on trees because if this happened, this I assume this may have happened often. And oh. eventually you have no one to pull his blouse. Yeah. So I don't know how, how the logic goes there. Well, he's probably not king anymore, is he? I, well, I'm not done. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I will. And I mean, to me, that seems kind of dumb, like I was just talking about, and way slower than using cattle. But hey, I'm not an ancient German king. Hmm. This German king's name? King Watzman. Okay. Well, one of his farmers was named H-O-I-S. How would you pronounce that? Hoist. Hoist? Hoist? I was thinking Hoist or Hoist, but Ho- I, don't, I don't know what the- Hoist? I don't know what the German would be. I would so say Hoist. Let's do Hoist. All right, well- Poor Hoist was beginning to succumb to this torture. He could not work any longer. He had not eaten food in three whole days. He wasn't doing very good. So he tripped over a large rock and, of course, fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. Feeble Hoist was at his most desperate. Was the king going to send out his hounds? Probably. Are Are the hounds coming for Hoist? Mm hmm. Well, he fell over, like I said. Then suddenly, a tiny man about the size of a thumb revealed himself. From where? Ah, he just came out of nowhere. Just as he appeared. He was in the rock. It was he his like, house. Hey. And he's like, what the fuck? Hey, man, you broke what was my, that? You broke over. Hello, you, did you knock? <laughs> did you knock on my rock? Uh-huh. Are you a rock knocker? All right. <laughs> all right. Perhaps Hoist thought he was hallucinating. After all, he hadn't eaten in three days. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But he was not hallucinating. There this tiny man stood. The tiny man told Hoist to be quiet. Maybe he pressed his fingers against his own lips and went shh. Then the small bing jumped in the farmer's pocket. Okay. Hoist managed to pull himself up. Hoist managed to pull himself back to his feet, avoiding the wrath of his ruler. So no hounds. And upon returning to his home with the miniature creature in his pocket... Then the small man told him who he was. This is a quote from the story, but I like reading it as an actual quote. Okay. Quote, I am Heinzel, and I have come to help you avenge yourself of King Watsman's tyranny. Gather your farmer friends together, and I shall tell you what to do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Heinzel's plan? Have the peasants fill their pockets with as many pebbles and rocks as they could carry, and use said pebbles as weapons against the king's dogs. With nothing to lose... Because, of course, I mean, you may be thinking this. I don't want to presume your thoughts, but, like, what are these rocks and pebbles going to do? Like, I mean, how many rocks and how big are they? They're in, they can't, there's just, you know, they're in their pockets. 
Mm-hmm. So we don't have like boulders here. Yeah. But these men had nothing to lose, so they followed the Miniman's plan. Now, as was known to happen, because this was customary, considering the arrangement I described earlier where you were chained to your plow and went about the farmland, mm-hmm. that day, famished farmer crumbled to his feet. You know what comes next. The hoons. The hoons. This farmer grabbed a nearby rock and whipped it at one of the incoming dogs. Okay. The dog died. Impressive. Very. Filled with hope, the other farmers began chucking their own earthen missiles at the other dogs, and even the king himself. Now, I'm not going to get into why the king. The king must have took some sick pleasure in actually being on He's the He's the one the that actually brings like, the hounds Unleash out. the hounds. Like, Jesus, man. You can't even do that from your castle? No, he's got to be there to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, the stones flew. The pebbles flew. The dogs got hit. The dogs died. Now, the king is at ground level. Mm-hmm. The rocks also hit the king. The king died. Got stoned. He got stoned. He did, and he was out. Mm-hmm. He was not high. He went low. Very low. And lower, because they kept throwing their rocks and pebbles and they kept throwing them, and the corpses lay motionless under this heap of stones because they kept piling the shit on. Yeah. So the stones build up, and they pissed. build up, and they build up. Freedom had found the oppressed farmers who went on to enjoy prosperous and satisfactory lives. This is one legend of how the Watzman Mountains in Bergestagen, Germany, in the Bavarian Alps, were created. At least that was one legend of their creation. There was one other. Well, the other claims that King Watsman and his family enjoyed hunting their subjects for sport. Now, I feel both of these legends can coincide. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a big asshole, so if he's chaining people to plows, he might, might as well just hunt them. He has no value for their lives. Right. And I mean, the king and his family, they reveled in the murders of slang, the most dangerous game. One hunt was exceptionally bloody, or... It had, it must have been, as it was evidently brutal enough to incur the wrath of a shepherdess that cursed the entire family, entombing them within the mountain range. So the point is, these mountains were created because of punishment to a king. Okay. It was revenge. Uh It was a curse. All right, we're going to jump a little forward in time, but we're going to stick with the same region-ish. Okay. We're going to jump to, you said it was 420 BC. Well, let's go with that. Sure. Fine. Who cares? Sweet. Who cares? It yeah. sounds good to me. 1284. Hamlin, Germany. Mm-hmm. Rats called this town their home. Actual rats. Not like the humans are like rats. Right. Like actual rats. Lots of rats. But they were like, they said, this is my home. They're like, I'm here. I'm home. I'm going to bring my family. I'm going to make more families. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make more rats. I'm going to make way too many rats. Okay. This was clearly a problem. Mm-hmm. So, well, a piper wearing an wearing a piper wearing an array of colors, you could perhaps say he was a pied piper, mm-hmm. arrived on the scene and told that mayor that, yeah, I can take care of these rats. Now, the mayor thought this was awesome. Mm-hmm. He didn't like rats. He did not. He was not a fan. Nope. And told the man he would pay him handsomely for solving their problem. With this arrangement made perhaps by a handshake, the piper used his preferred weapon, the pipe, to control the rats. He did play a tune. He didn't just beat them. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that would be a funny twist. It's like the a story. lead pipe. Yeah, if it was the Pied Piper, he just beats the thousands of rats to death. <laughs> <laughs> just smashes every single one of their skulls. Uh-huh. I guess he could like lure them in, and the rats will come. And then, like, because they're rats and they're hypnotized, hypnotized, like you know the Pied Piper story. Yeah. He just bam and just bashes. He's it. got two types of pipes. He's got two types of pipes. <laughs> He's playing one and he's bashing with the other one. Now everybody goes out of their way to make a million Robin Hood stories, but this is the story I want to see. The Pied Piper of medieval times, who he's a Pied Piper, but he just beats things he sells with, with a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Vigilante style. <laughs> yeah, he'll solve your rodent. He's a mercenary. He'll solve your rodent problem. He'll give the money back to the poor. He'll carry out hits on other towns, kings. Yeah. Well, didn't know I was going to like this character, but now I do. <laughs> Uh huh. Wow. Well, so okay. With that deal made, uh, the Piper uses pipe to control the rats and trick them into the Wesser River, killing them. The rats drowned. Mm-hmm. The Piper defeated the rats. Mission accomplished. But the mayor, now without a rat problem, refused to pay the Piper the full amount that he promised. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not good. We were dealing with a corrupt king earlier. Now we're dealing with a um, stingy politician. Yeah, it's time to pay the piper. He's reneging on his... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where... Probably, I mean, that's where that comes from. It has to be right. You can't just have this guy go into your town and solve your problem and not pay him. Right. So, well, there we go. All right. Medieval bureaucracy at work. You know, very, he's just reneged in his government contract. Mm -hmm. Don't don't do that. And, but the mayor took it a step further. Not only did he not pay the piper the full amount, he even said or alleged that the piper was the one to flood the town with the rats in the first place. So then the mayor would be forced to pay for his services. Mm -hmm. So he invented a conspiracy out of thin air and said that, hey, this this is why I'm not paying this guy because he made this. He's lucky I gave him anything. Not, he, brought, he brought the rats. Yeah, and I gave him half of what he wanted. He didn't deserve anything. You, he should be thanking me. Again, cool people in power stuff. Mm-hmm. Good thing none of that goes on today. That's the good thing. We've 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 moved past this problem mm-hmm. of people not delivering on their promises for paid work. This pissed off the piper. I'm yep. sh- sure that shocks you. Nope. And he kind of took his pipe and went home. He fled the town. Yeah. He left. But he was not gone for long. He returned. He changed up his gear, by the way. He returned wearing all green. It was said that it was like a hunter's outfit. Okay. So he's this is like, he basically came back in camouflage. I want mm-hmm. you to picture him back here in camo. Digital camo? Uh, Just sh- like. Sure. Digital, digital. So with his lead pipe? Green digital camo with his lead pipe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Carrying his pipe with revenge on his mind. He played his little jingle. But this time he was not trying to lure rats away. This jingle caught the ears of the town's children. Uh-huh. Up to 130 children followed. But three could not follow him. Or three did not. This is why. They weren't into it. Well, one child was, I put this in quotation marks, quote, one child was lame, but the I suppose the traditional definition of the word, he couldn't move very well. I like to think of it the other way. He's just... <laughs> Super lame. I mean, it's better to think of that way. I don't. I don't like this song. Yeah, he's not cool. No, this is. This but yeah, is that's dumb. probably not it. He's no. just. He's just lame. Yeah. This child was lame. Mm-hmm. 
and could not follow the others. Now, one was deaf. He could not hear the music, so he lucked out there. Mm -hmm. That saved him. And one was blind, so he was not sure. Which way to go? That's what they said. He didn't know where he was going. I'm like, and I put down, he was blind, so he was not sure why. Oh, so he was not sure where the trail of children were headed. But basically, just said he didn't know where he was going. Now, I mean, he he can hear the song. He could find one of his friends. He could have managed. Yeah, maybe. but maybe maybe he was lame in the way you're talking about. Yeah, and, and no one else wanted to be his friend. Yeah, like nah, man, get out of here, Jeffrey. That's the first name that came to my mind. Sit down, Jeff. Where's that song? Where you guys going? Shut up, Jeff, loser. <laughs> yeah. God, they, you're lame. They threw something at him. <laughs> they threw a dead rat at him that the Piper had beaten. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that were able to tell the adults where the others had went when the adults came out from their church service. So where do the children go? There's two choices here. Would you like to play another just guessing game? Another badly done game show for Weird and Feared? Sure. He's, there's two places these kids could have went. Mm-hmm. All right. What would be your top two? The river. Okay. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, off a cliff. Okay. Because I wanted to just have this sentence go, where do the children go? Into the river. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, that was one place where they went. Because, mm-hmm. And then I picture the piper, you know, playing his song as the kids just walk into the river. And he's like, all right, move it along. Yeah, keep going. All right, get in there. You're not done. Good job. Get in there. Hey, where are we going? Just keep it up. Mm-hmm. The last the last kid's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I said, God, you're lame. They can't... <laughs> Well, the, I figured the last kid, the piper, bashes it with a pipe. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're lame. <laughs> Get in there. Aren't you cool? Yeah. Jump in the... Jump, that's a moral lesson for you. Yeah. Yeah. You should march to the beat of a different drummer. In fact, find a drummer. Get away from the piper. He just wants you to die. Yeah, he's hitting rats with he his just, pipe. He just wants you to die. God, can you imagine the blood on it? On this... Mur- this is... I got too many... I got too many cool stories to tell. These are good. Mm-hmm. This whole expanded universe. <laughs> the Pied Piper who just beats rats with a pipe. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah, So, or they, he took them into a cave where they were never seen again. Mm-hmm. Now, I p- imagine in my mind, of course, when I find out a cave exists that leads and no one can escape it, it, of course, leads to hell. Yeah. So I figure, so then is the Pied Piper a demon? Yep. I like that cool. That's see, cooler. See, I knew the river one. The river's good because it, it, it's more poetic. Like, oh, I kill these rats, you didn't pay me. Well, now all your kids are dead. Yeah. Good luck. Or they're down in hell. They went through the hell cave. Hell cave is a good place to be. So. Mm-hmm. Revenge. Now, allegedly, historical records talk about how, like, this event actually happened in Hamlin. Like, mm-hmm. kids left and no one knows where they went and the rats were, like, scared from town. Yeah. But, like, it's a long time ago, so no one knows. And did the, were the, Children sent away by their parents because of the fucking rats? Maybe. I don't remember why I've just recently learned about this, but I did. But this one in, in Germany? Yeah. That's cool. Because there's a lot of... I mean, this is like a story. This is a very... It's almost like St. Patrick getting the snakes out of here. This is what people, mm-hmm. This is what pipers do. Although one became a saint, this guy didn't get fucking paid. <laughs> yeah. So like... Not good, guys. Not not good. Not cool. Well, the saint probably didn't get paid. He just got sainted probably after he died. At least he was appreciated. He maybe maybe he didn't ask for money. Yeah. Maybe that was the capitalistic part that was the problem. Yeah. The, the negotiation part. Mm-hmm. You know, but whatever. But the point like, was, it wasn't in your contract, bud. 
Like, no. Nope. He's like, you just, I, you asked me if I could get rid of the rats. I said, pay me a thousand, whatever this is, whatever currency we were using back in the day. I can't. Nuggets. I'm, nuggets. I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, the ancient Germanic currency. Nuggets. <laughs> yeah. You only pay me 50 nuggets? Yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I'm going to say to your kids? When I look at this land and point to that river, I say, get out of here. Yeah. Go into the water. All right. We're moving on to another tale. Okay. If you haven't gathered yet, these all take place in Germany. Deutschland. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've seen this exact account on a few websites. I took this snippet from Fluent2.com, which is a place you can go to learn languages. Cool. All right. But I'm going to read this story. These are not my words. I summarized. I had summarized the past two stories. This is from Fluent2.com. A master marksman finds himself unable to catch any wild swine or deer in the dark autumn forests. One day, he's approached by a mysterious peddler wrapped in a cloak that conceals his face. So looking real cool. Mm-hmm. The peddler offers the marksman seven bullets with one condition. The first six bullets will hit whatever the marksman wants them to hit, but the peddler will choose the trajectory of the seventh. Interesting. The marksman agrees. So yeah, leave the first six up to your own skill. Seventh one, you decide where it goes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. It's like a guarantee. You know, it's your kill shot right there. Mm-hmm. The marksman quickly earns himself a reputation as the best hunter in the village as he brings home wild boar after wild boar. Mm-hmm. A lot of wild boars in Germany. Tasty. Mm-hmm. I had some boar sausage a few weeks ago. It was very delicious. Mm-hmm. He catches the eye of the prettiest girl in town. Uh-oh. Yeah, and they fall in love. But all too soon, the marksman uses up all six bullets. And when he shoots the seventh, it goes astray and hits his love in the chest, killing her. Now, I don't know what was going on in his mind when he fires that bullet. The story says it goes astray. Yeah. But the peddler said it was kill whatever he wanted to kill. And it goes right into her heart. Well, killed whatever the peddler wanted to kill, right? Yes. You're correct. Yeah. So, but why? Yeah. Why? That's true. For some reason, when I just read it, I was thinking the marksman got to choose where the seventh bullet went, but no, you're right. Of course, no, yeah. that's the gamble. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the uh, that's the scales. I got wrapped up in too many stories today. That's my excuse for missing that one. But yeah, that's why she dies. Of course. Mm-hmm. The pet- s- yeah, no, go ahead. But still, what is he aiming at? That he's just like, well, that went a little yeah. off. Yeah. Oops. He went to like shoot behind me. He <laughs> went to he went to shoot a boar in the wild and it misses and goes all the way back to their house. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's just. murdered so the peddler appears to the distraught marksman and reveals himself as the devil oh shit now this is some fucking devil this is a mediocre the devil was bored today yeah yeah, here's some magic bullets let's have fun yeah got something to do here let's have fun all right so but he reveals himself as the devil and he says live a pious life repent of your hubris and you'll be reunited with the girl after your death and the devil tells the marksman what sorry I didn't, there's no and. Let me just say that again. Okay. 
Live a pious life. Repent of your hubris, and you will be reunited with the girl after your death. The devil tells the marksman. But, like, he was a bad hunter at first. He didn't become hubris until he got these magic fucking bullets. <laughs> right. He got, too, he got cocky. He got too carried away. Because he had magic bullets. Yeah, man. You don't... You wouldn't... You mean to tell me you wouldn't let magic bullets go to your head? I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Right. But I wouldn't... Literally. Have... I'm literally advocating <laughs> for the devil. But I wouldn't have had that awesome... Like, thought how awesome I was. Because right. if you wouldn't have given me the magic bullets... So, you created this. He didn't. He, so, abs- he absolutely didn't. Uh, he made the situation. He set him up to fail. Maybe... I wouldn't have had to repent if you'd not fucked me over. He's like, ha, ha, but I'm the devil. It's like, yeah, this is a fucking low-tier game you're playing here. You you battle God. You battled the Archangel Michael. Now I'm pulling on my knowledge. You you waged a war against heaven. You control the underworld, and you're playing this. You give me fucking magic bullets. Yeah. This is your game today? Huh. He's like, yeah, it is. Like, oh, well, I guess video games aren't invented yet. You can't just go home and play Halo or something. You have to. You know he's playing Doom. <laughs> he, and he's bitching with the graphics. That's not how Jeff looks. <laughs> Why did I pick Jeff again? Now Jeff's a demon. Yeah, well. That's not how Malcolm looks. He's got five horns, not to- seven. To- totally unrealistic. Yeah, Tobias doesn't. He's got yellow eyes, not green. He recognizes his friends in the game. Mm-hmm. Well. That's named Tobias. Yeah, Tobias. Yeah, Toby. That's not Toby. I just realized I was yelling Toby into the microphone. <laughs> That's gonna be fun to adjust later. Toby, <laughs> Jeez, who am I talking uh-huh. to? You're not that far away. All right. So the marksman tries. He's like, "All right, I'll live this good life. Live a pious life." Yeah. So that's like he's not getting frisky, right? Mm-hmm. He's being a you know celibate man. But I mean, he's still a, a fucking cool guy. So he's overcome by desire for another girl in this village. And he marries her instead. So that's the opposite of what the devil said to do. So one year to the day after his bullet pierced his original love's chest, he is riding in the forest when he comes across a clearing where skeletons dance around cold flames. One of the skeletons, the girls, his original girl, mm-hmm. waltzes with him all night. And the next morning... The villagers find the marksman and his horse dead at the edge of the forest. Yep. A, Sounds about right. A curse. Mm-hmm. A little bit of revenge on the devil's part. But again, he made the revenge when he initiated his little deal here. Yeah, that's I, just boredom. I don't like the fact that... That's the, just conniving. Right. I don't like the fact that the devil didn't announce himself as the demon. I feel like a police officer, before he engages, he should be like, I am the devil. We're like, engaging like in a deal. Entrapment? Uh-huh, we're, yeah, he entrapped him. He totally did. The devil was guilty of entrapment. Huh. That's exactly what he did. That's literally what he did. Yeah. He's like one of those FBI agents who like pushes a guy until they convince this guy to buy a bomb and then they get him. It's yeah. like, whoa, wait a second. You gave me the bomb. Yep. Now you're arrested. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm the devil. I mean, I didn't. Did I just compare the FBI to the devil? That's up to you to decide. I didn't say that. That's that's something else entirely. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with the CIA though. You guys are doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, there's one there's one agent tasked with listening to Weird and Fear. We've talked about the CIA before. Yeah. So. So they're listening. Yeah, maybe I'll edit that out. We'll hey, hey, Fred. <laughs> Fred and Sally, they are 
Mulder and Scully. Okay. Fred and Sally. Knockoffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We don't investigate monsters ourselves. We listen to people talk about monsters and just see what they're up to. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. Now, I will reveal the website this next story comes from after the story, because if I reveal this webpage to you, you will be like, I know what this is going to be about. Okay. So we're just going to be, I'm going to let you kind of figure this out. And of course, this story was on many websites. This was a a, um, a more in-depth kind of retelling of it, but it's from this website I'll read after. Okay. Okay. Again, all our tales tonight take place in Germany. The town of Whitlich is said to be the last place. Oh, whoa, can't read that. That spoils it entirely. All right. <laughs> Whoops. The story is as follows. Thomas Johannes Baptist Schweitzer, a deserter from Napoleon's army and a veteran of the disaster at Moscow, is fleeing to his homeland in, how would you pronounce this in French? A-L-S-A-C-E. It's Alsace. Thank you. I didn't know the name of that town. I think it's... Alsace? That's fine. That's what we'll do. That's because you're right. Alsace, France. French? French. French. It's my favorite dressing. I'm French. <laughs> I combine French onion with ranch. Cool. French. Ooh. French dressing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dairy. All right. Okay. <laughs> French dressing. It's not even French dressing. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of merging it with French dressing, I merge it with French onion dip <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> well, that's out there now. Hey, man, if you want to... Email, me, email your French recipes to me at wordandfearpodcast at gmail.com. I will, I will give them a shot. Okay. All right. So with our buddy going to uh, that French town, <laughs> uh, Thomas, um, with him are a group of Russians, also deserters. Everybody's leaving. They don't want to deal with this anymore. While passing by the village of Whitledge, the hungry soldiers spy a farmhouse and decide to take what they want. In the midst of their scavenging, they're discovered by the farmer, whom they promptly murder. Oh. Along with his sons. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wiping out the whole line. Was it just like they're in the in the uh, the shed there and dad comes out, catches them, and the next one comes out? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's going on, dad? Yeah. Well, the farmer's wife, seeing this foul deed, this foul deed, what an understatement. She just saw her whole family get murdered like, how, by these deserting soldiers. They? Yeah, like, what? How foul. foul. What a foul situation. Foul play. My whole family is dead. That is foul. Well, she lets out a wail and curses Schwitzer. This is what she says. From now on, at each full moon, calling back to our full moon episode last week, you will change into a rabid wolf. She screams in her anguish. Schwitzer relieves her suffering by crushing her skull. Ow. <laughs> wow. How? Just sheer willpower? I, he just thinks she just it. flexes so hard her skull implodes. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just kills her. He gets her real good. Oh. Yeah, he does. I mixed. Yes. No, okay. Yes. I was like, wait yes. a minute. <laughs> no, no, she didn't blow her own brains out. Yeah. You know, okay, that makes more sense. So he, he gets cursed and then goes over to her and crushes her skull. Yeah, okay. Now I'm back in. So he, we're, we've established he's a real cool guy. Yeah, he seems friendly. He's a real good guy. Yeah. But the curse works. 
Gradually, a change comes over Schweitzer. Or Schweitzer. It's a Y. Probably Schweitzer. He becomes harder without inhibitions. He robs, rapes, and murders at his pleasure. I mean, it sounded like he already did that. Yeah, this was his life. Yeah. He had made this choice. Yeah. But now he's being overwhelmed. He's no, becoming he's his just freed himself of those inhibitions. He's like, fuck it, I'm cursed. Yeah, whatever. Oh, it, I'm not, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to murder you. It's that curse that lady gave it's me. It's not my fault. Blame her. Yeah, blame the curse. What happened to the woman who cursed you? I crushed her skull. Jesus. It's just what I do. No, I mean the curse made me crush her skull. I didn't. I don't do this. It's yeah. I would have been totally against it, but cursed. Yeah, it's all I got. I can't. What am I supposed to do? She cursed me, so now I'm gonna do cursed things. Mm-hmm. Don't. Yeah, get off my fucking back. Are you becoming more like a wolf? Get out of here. Don't talk to me. So he departs his fellows because clearly he has no use for a team. Also, it says they have had enough. Yeah, I'd think so. Yeah, probably. Why are you raping that girl? I'm cursed. I'm cur- <clears throat> no, it doesn't work for everything. <laughs> Why'd you steal that guy's ox? Why did you rip it apart with your bare hands? Cursed. Cursed. Yeah. So these guys were former soldiers. They deserted, right? Yeah. So he, but he finds, he decides he needs a new team. So he takes up with bandits. I mean. Okay. He's just going. He's like, those deserting soldiers weren't bad enough. I'm these bandits. Yeah. Because a soldier who deserts just doesn't want to fight. He's had enough of the war. And you know what? Depending on how those wars went back then, I can't exactly blame the man, the men, but bandits, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're being bandits. They're banditing. And highwaymen, which is always one of my favorite terms of all time. Yeah. I always love the term highwaymen. Yeah, it's a good one. It is. Even these ruffians are appalled at Schweitzer's excesses. Yeah. So they're like, dick. wow, you're worse than... <laughs> wow. You're worse than all of us put together. Seriously, man. You need to calm down. I'm cursed. Yeah, we heard. Yeah. And these guys weren't You even... say that for every single thing you do. And these guys weren't even around to see the curse happen. Because yeah. the soldiers were at least like, yeah, she did curse you, I guess. But what does that mean? Is she a witch? Is she magical? How, is, how do we know this is actually taking effect? This is just your get out of jail free card. Somebody, we should, maybe we should tell the police. Maybe. The sheriff? Is there a sheriff in this in ancient Germany? There should be. This isn't even ancient Germany. This is Napoleon times. This is the 1800s. Yeah. So like, can we tell anyone about what you're doing? Nope. Nope. You're cursed. So the ex-soldier flees to the sanctuary of the deep forests. You know what's good for his mental health? To be around no people and live in the woods. I mean, it's probably better for everybody else. I would hope so. Well, there the tales of a wolf that walks like a man will spread throughout the countryside. So yeah, he went to the woods and you know what he's becoming mm-hmm. at night. Men and cattle are brutally slaughtered by the beast. One night Schweitzer spies the beautiful daughter of a local farmer. Her name is Elizabeth Biero, and in his carnal lust, I mean, yeah, you know what he does? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Days later, while by his campfire in the woods, Schweitzer is discovered by a group of villagers who take him for the werewolf. I mean, I assume because he is the werewolf. I would think so. That's what it sounds like to me. It's what, this, this, is what this, this is what I'm being led to believe by the beginning of the story. 
They gave chase and cornered the fugitive near the village of Morbach. So yeah, they the girl gets raped by a werewolf, and they're like, we gotta find this fucker. Mm-hmm. It's mess time. But this isn't excitement. This is execution. This yep. is a monster, ex- monster execution. <laughs> soon syndrome? <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, monster execution soon syndrome. It's a mess. Yeah. yeah. Different one. Yeah, that no, works. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so promptly dispatching Schweitzer, that is how the story hypes up his death by just saying promptly dispatching him. Yeah. I imagine it being an epic battle. It's like they're like, nah, he's a wolf. We got a silver bullet. No, I, I just made a deal with this peddler and I got this magic <laughs> silver bullet. Yeah. It's gonna shoot what I got seven of these, it's gonna shoot whatever I want it to shoot. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take him out. A few weeks later that guy's wife dies. Yeah. Like, Oops. Damn it. Just seen that coming. All right. So but anyways, the villagers bury Schweitzer at a crossing. Of course they did. There is a shrine erected where a candle will burn continually. As long as the candle is lit, so the legend goes, the werewolf will not return. So, I mean, kind of... Is it still lit? We'll get into that. Okay. Nine months later, a son is born. Oh, no. To to the woman who was assaulted by the werewolf, Mm -hmm. whom she names Martin. To this, this is an aggressive sentence, but I'm going to read it. To this day, the descendants of this bastard child are respected. I mean, it's, he's, his father's a werewolf and he's dead, so that's technically what he is. But mm-hmm. it's, it's an aggressive sentence to me. To this day, the descendants of this bastard child. Maybe I shouldn't read it that way. Anyways, they are a respected family in the vicinity of Morbach and show no sign of the curse of their infamous ancestor, Thomas Johannes Baptist Schweitzer. Now imagine somewhere in your lineage if your ancestor was allegedly a werewolf. A werewolf. A werewolf. That's hmm. wild. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Nobody showed any signs of the curse of the werewolf. Until? 1988. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. One evening, a group of Air Force personnel are returning to their base at Moorbach. Passing the old shrine, it exists. Okay. They notice the candle is out. Well, that's not good. They begin to laugh and joke about this, for all have heard of the legend of the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Later, at the base, automatic sirens peal into the night. Someone or something has activated the perimeter fence sensors. While investigating, a security guard spies a large creature, like a wolf, standing on its hind legs. It gazes at the soldier for a moment and then flees clearing a three-meter fence with ease. Shit. Yeah, that's intense. Uh A police dog is brought to track the beast, but upon arriving at the spot where the werewolf was seen, the canine trembles and howls, refusing to go further. Smart dog. Very good dog. Good dog. Good boy. This is still part of that same write-up. What was it? Some story made up to frighten new recruits? Or was it really a descendant of Schweitzer transformed into a wolf? You decide. Interesting. Can you imagine being a descendant of him and then because the candle goes out, all of a sudden you're this monster? <laughs> Hundreds of years later? Whoops. What? Just don't let that candle go out. 
All right, well, yeah, don't. But regardless of the questions, the candle at the shrine is relit. And then the creature has been seen no more. Huh. A curse. Revenge. The monster or the werewolf of Morbach. Now, the reason why I didn't read that web uh, page to you earlier mm-hmm. was because this telling of the story comes from werewolfpage.com. Interesting. Yeah, what, wouldn't, wouldn't, I guess, wouldn't I guess what that was going to be about? Uh, no, no way. Nope, nope. Well, soldiers at the base had said that German boats around the area have a bizarre appearance, and anyone not used to seeing them could easily confuse them with some horrible paranormal boats. I do not type fucking boats. <laughs> I'm going to read it again, and the sentence will make more sense. Okay. Soldiers stationed at the base had said that German boars around the area have a bizarre appearance. That makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh And anyone not used to seeing them could easily confuse them with some horrible paranormal creature. Hmm. One man saw a hairless beast that resembled a dog and a primate. They mentioned their story to the locals and suggested, the locals suggested, they shouldn't drink on the job. (laughs) Like, get out of here. Those are just some brief hit uh, tidbits, but there's actual written accounts that can all be read um, from um, Lon Strickler's website, phantomsandmonsters.com. Mm-hmm. A lot of interviews with like soldiers and um, people around the area, basically talking about how it's it's pretty spooky. But like, I don't, you know, maybe I saw a boar, maybe I didn't. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But that is the. Uh, the that, werewolf of Morbach. That boar cleared a three-meter fence, though. Yeah. And stood up on all its hind legs. Yeah. That's like Hogzilla standing up and being like, I'm here to play. Like, no, I'm here to die. I'm here to go home. Yeah, <laughs> bye-bye. You play all you want. I'm out. All right. Well, we're going to take a little um, aside. Those are all German legends, German stories. And there's way more German legends and German stories. Obviously, that goes without saying. But I'm just going to talk about um, just some German immigration to the United States real quick, okay? Okay. All right. A lot of some stats. All right. So this is obvious, but of course, Germany had not settled the American colonies. They came over to other colonies established by other countries. Mm -hmm. In the 1670s, the first significant groups of German immigrants arrived in the British colonies, settling primarily in Pennsylvania, New York, and Virginia. Immigration continued in very large numbers during the 19th century, with 8 million arrivals from Germany. Between 1820 and 1870, more than 7.5 million German immigrants came to the United States. By 2010, their population grew to 49.8 million German Americans, reflecting a jump of 6 million people since the year 2000. I mean, the stats, you know. Uh Now, there's a German belt, and I would like, you know what I call this German belt? No. Interstate I-80. Because it extends all the way across from the United States from eastern Pennsylvania to the Oregon coast. Kind of goes up and it goes, you know, Mm -hmm. straight across. Pennsylvania has the largest population of German Americans in the U.S. and is home to one of the group's original settlements. Guess what they named it? New Germany. Germantown. (laughs) Which would go on to become uh, Philadelphia. Sorry, not Pennsylvania. I get mad about that. It's Philly. Uh And that was founded in 1683. And it goes, this, the Wikipedia goes on to tell me that, of course, yeah, Philadelphia was the birthplace of the American anti-slavery movement in 1688, as well as the Revolutionary Battle of Germantown. Yeah, Pennsylvania was important in the founding of this country. Yep. 
to this day, um, Pennsylvania has 3.5 million people of German ancestry. Now, why did the Germans come here? They were pulled in by attractions of land and religious freedom, the elusive American dream. Uh-huh. They were pushed out of Germany by shortages of land and religious or political oppression. Again, all the reasons why people come here. Uh-huh. Many arrive seeking religious or political freedom, others for economic opportunities. Of course, you know, looking outside of Europe for these opportunities. And they wanted a fresh start in the new world. Now, before 1850, mostly these people were farmers. And, of course, they went to seek out productive land. And all their intensive farming techniques would pay off. And after 1840, after these core Germans had settled, um, they created German-speaking districts, which were often called Germania. Okay. So German towns, like your your ethnic German towns. Mm -hmm. They also would go on to establish the first kindergartens. Again, kindergarten, it's a German... There's a lot of German in there. Yeah. Uh, they introduced, allegedly, the Christmas tree tradition. I mean, I can believe that. Yep. And introduced America to hot dogs and hamburgers. Mm-hmm. German facts. Hamburg. Hamburg. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs. Hot. Or, it's a German word. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Believe it's a wiener. Hot dog. Wiener. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Now the great many of people with Germanic ancestry have become completely Americanized. I can speak. I can speak to that example. I think you are also some German. Yes or no? I think so. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. The fact that it's like, yeah. Yeah. Just dudes. It's American dudes. Yeah, but again, fewer than five percent actually speak German. Again, I can speak to that. Happens in Deutsch. Wow, you got me on that one. Oh, I can say <laughs> Oktoberfest, which is nice. Many of those celebrations, are, of course, happen all over this great country, including Chicago, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, San Antonio, St. Louis. I mean, German stuff happens all over the place. Yep. All right, so the stories I read in this episode are just a few localized German legends and stories. And I was kind of combining some folklore we talk about and thrown in the Morbach, which gets at some of that cryptid action. Yep. Kind of all f- faucets of weird and feared here. Mm-hmm. But these are just merely a sampling, and they barely register. I was looking up like famous like ghost stories. Mm-hmm. German ghost stories are just, you know, and so a lot of these things came up. But when it comes to folklore, this isn't even the surface. Because German folklore is folklore. Yeah. Thanks to the Grimm's. Right. And they spent their entire lives curating regional Germanic fables. That's what we know a lot of as fables now. Everything goes back to them. Yeah. And they would go a around. Couple of German dudes. They would go around. They basically had, you know, their website, which was, you know, just them going up to people like, what'd you see? Mm-hmm. What have you heard? Yep. What's this? What's that? Well, we're going to get to these stories eventually, but not today. I won't use these translations, but I bought a translation of the original first volume they put out like the most, cause they would go on and just keep retelling these stories. Right. And they just evolved. They would evolve and they would try to make them more palatable. I mean, they basically build up to, and then we get Walt Disney's ultimate sanitized versions of these things. Right. But like the, but they would infuse like more of their Christian morals and basically how like, you know, black Pete and like, um, um, Black Pete and God, what's his name? 
was so dumb. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, Krampus. Yeah, it's Krampus. But why it's... did we fuck that up? No. You think it's somebody else? Well, it's somebody. It's Go the ahead. it's the Pennsylvania Dutch version of Krampus. Yeah, okay. Belschnickel. There you go. See, perfect. But yeah, so like, you know, we lost, like we talked about in, um, you know, the Santa episode, where like the darkness goes away and eventually just the light is left. But these, I got the original um, translations of the original text because they would, like there's so many volumes, but I wanted the beginning. Mm-hmm. I wanted that first source account. So I'll be plowing through that book eventually and right. going through that. It'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be very cool. I'm very excited about getting to that eventually. But we're not dealing with that today. For later. Now, I listed a lot of cities up there in the Wikipedia reading um, that exist in Chicago with many with uh, high German populations. Mm-hmm. What might surprise you is that the true destination of these Germanic tales is taking us. I've taken us on this journey because we've been heading across the Atlantic. We've been coming to America, to a very specific city, Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. That adventure awaits us, but it's still a week away. Okay. So, hype. All right. We'll get there. But that's the end of that Weird and Fruit episode where I just deal with Germanic ghosts, which I will entitle the Marksman Mountain and the monster. There's a Pied Piper in there too, but I mean, he's just over there beating rats, so he's fine. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just taking a little dive. Just because we're coming over to Maryland and like German stories are coming with us. Mm-hmm. So I want to just kind of throw some of those out there without taking a whole giant grim deep dive because that was where I was about to go. I was like, wow, goodbye. Uh-huh. I'm done. Yep. So I chose not to be done and I will continue. Um, Whenever, cool. whenever I jump back onto this microphone, there may be an episode um, featuring yourself, of course, in between these two. Yes. Space these guys out. But, that, but that's coming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We're in fear of German stories. Not even done. Still going on. If um, you have any insights into any Germanic stories or if you have any folklore, just send me an email. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. We're in for podcast at gmail.com. We're in all the social medias. You can find us on all the things and the Patreon, the Facebook, the Instagram. We're all there. Yep. All right. All right. Do you want to, I don't know what, what's goodbye in German? Auf Wiedersehen. Do you know how to say sp- stay spooky in German? I do not. I don't either. Das Spookestein. Good enough. Spookestein. Sure. That's what I'm saying. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> all right. <laughs> stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.